With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back to the classic song. Uh... Hold on, here it's we go. It's still good, though. It is still good. It's still one of the better songs out there. Uh, Rod Simba, though, from now on, we're going to go back and forth between his two new songs. All right, People cool. were blowing me up on social media. Where, did, where is his SoundCloud? He's now going to build a SoundCloud because so many people are asking where he makes his music. I told my wife about it the other day. Did it was you? jamming that hard. I said that. First of all, she saw my text about the guy who sent all the pictures of the guns. Cause, yes. And then I told her, I was like, oh, yeah, I really made fun of your family and your parents for like 10 minutes. We had one, Logan Nietzsche. Uh, no, no, excuse me. It was uh, yeah, Logan Nietzsche, Chris Sims' in-laws. And it was a picture of a guy surrounded by like yes. a militia's worth of guns. That would be my grandfather, my father-in-law. That's yeah. amazing. Happy, happy Eclipse. Day. Oh, this is so special, Mister Mister Global Warming, Mister Mister Environment. You must be feeling the vibes. Well, this is supposed to happen. This is not like something crazy, but yeah, I feel good about what it. What is it? The first time in ninety nine years or something like that? I do. Years? I do. I don't. I don't understand why. Like the people who don't believe the science now, why do you need to go buy glasses? Just look up into the sun. It won't mm. hurt you because climate science is not real. Why would this science be real? I am a firm believer, though. That this is happening, and I believe in the universe, and I think that whatever you're doing at the time of the eclipse is like your mission. Oh. And we're kind of doing this at the time of the eclipse. Damn, somebody, I need to go find me a bathtub of cash. That's what I want to do then during the uh, This is eclipse. what we're meant to do, Sims. <laughs> we, are, we are the Sims Love Go podcast, and this is going to be ingrained into our DNA. Into the universe. Into the universe. Through the eclipse. All of a sudden... Next week, you're going to hear our voices, and we're going to sound like this. Just perfectly formed podcast. I don't want to sound like that. Uh, I realized something. Did you? We are the NFL Players Podcast. Booyah! We have always been. We're the only podcast that NFL players listen to and enjoy. Yes. It's a scientific fact. Mm -hmm. I also realized we have another title. We are the Size and Speed Podcast. We are the only podcast that is willing to admit that if you're big and you're faster than most people, that we think we're gonna, you're going to be better too. <laughs> we're the only podcast that deals with reality and doesn't try to make up some bullshit reason for why a player might be better. We love we love players. Right. We love big and fast players. Right. I thought about as I'm watching a Dory Jackson and I'm watching D.D. Westbrook for Jacksonville right. and I'm watching Pat Mahomes and I'm going, man, what was I, so hard about that evaluation? And then we right? thought about Derek for. Derek Henry and, right. and it and people were doubting Leonard Fournette. Right. Uh, give me the big and fast guy, and that is what we stand for. Yes, we like the players and we like size and speed. There's so no that's doubt. our two new uh, podcast titles. And in, in the NFL, listen, character has to play along in that because that's Jerry's. Jerry's all about that. Jerry Jones, it's size and speed. Yeah, that's it. They just throw the character thing out the window sometimes, right. which comes back to bite them in the butt. Uh, so I want to give some shout outs to the fans, Charm City Birdwatch podcast and Downtown Rams podcast. They both had me on this weekend. Yes. 
avid listeners of the Sims and Lefko podcast. It was cool. fun to jump on with them. Good to hear it. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Method to the Marcus. He drew up oh. t-shirt designs for the Sims and Lefko podcast. I showed it to I you. I saw it, yeah. His response was, you know what? Let me throw a two in there instead of a 23. We'll put Sims's number up there. Aha. Yeah. I like where your head's at. So Method to the Marcus, you're awesome. I was wondering what the 2-3 was. I mean, I know that's a popular Jordan yeah, number, LeBron, sure. whatever. But uh, Logan Nietzsche, of course, was the one that did Chris Sims' in-laws. Uh, we had some people chiming in on fake QB, if you Ooh. listen to the podcast. Okay. We got a Brock Osweiler. Yes. Kaepernick. Yes. Tannehill. Right. Just guys that were bigger when they were younger I, and that were made to be quarterbacks. We got a Landry Jones. I get, I, I I get that. that I don't know about Landry, but hey, the Kaepernick-Tannehill one, uh, they're interesting ones. They are borderline made-up quarterbacks, no doubt about it. Not the most wa- natural of motions. I was watching Buffalo-Philadelphia, right. and I went, oh, look, Logan Thomas is playing tight end. Probably <laughs> because he used to be a fake quarterback. <laughs> right. Uh, just I found He's that big. Funny. He can throw it hard. And then one more tweet to get us into our first topic. We're doing a lot of young quarterbacks woo, today. B Pags 85 Bryce. I'm watching Steelers Falcons and I'm wondering who throws harder, Chris Sims or Matt Sims? Oh gosh. What is the answer, Chris? Good good uh, good question. Matt Sims can throw it harder than I can. Can we talk about your brother's first half? It was phenomenal. 11 of 19. What's the number over there? 157, 157 yards. 157 drop yards. Touchdown. You drop touchdown. Drop touchdown. But, yep. But I went, when I saw Matt Sims mm-hmm. playing in the first quarter yeah. of Atlanta Pittsburgh after Schaub went in there and got out, right? I was like, "Holy crap! The kid's getting a chance." I think they're giving them a chance. I just, you know, as a brother and as an ex-player, I hope they evaluate the third and fourth quarter, you know, the right way. My brother wasn't great; he did throw a bad interception, so I'm not taking any the blame there. Too, the other but, one was bounced off of, and it didn't. Well, count. yeah, and there just was there was a lack of offense in general. Blocking was not going real well. I said this so. to Canvasser. I said, "Let's put up Matt Sims's the producer Canvasser. Let's right. put up Matt Sims's stats." He goes, "Adam, they're not that great." I go, "Only get the first half, right?" Because I think the Falcons have a very poor third team. I would just agree. from watching them the other mm-hmm. night, and I don't like. I want Matt Sims with the starters. Yep. Was amazing. He is. He did really well. I mean, Matt's got big time talent. He really he does. does. He just needs a break. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm fingers crossed, hoping he makes this team down there in Atlanta. But Matt could throw the ball harder than me. Really? Uh, yeah. If you put if you put everything into it, and he tried to throw a line drive as hard as he could, Matt can throw it about as hard as anybody I was ever around, other than seeing Aaron Rodgers in person. Stop. That's how strong my brother's arm is. Yes. Now he couldn't throw it as far as me. And I don't know if I'm going to say he's as gifted as a thrower as me. There's okay. more than just throwing it hard. Touch. You know, yeah, the touch, being able to stuff. flick it with your hand, yeah. change the angles. But, yes, straight arm strength, he's probably got me beat. I still have people that come up to me and said, hey, Sims, the guy you do the podcast with? I said, yeah. He goes, he got a raw deal with the Jets. <laughs> I go, yeah, well, that was his brother. Yes. But he did get a raw well, deal did. with the Thank Jets. Thank you for that. Right. Um, so while I'm going to be asking Sims about his take on all of the players from this weekend, he texted me a lot and it's going to be sims texted takes but throughout i'm going to add little lefko sprinkles please do these are my takes on the game because i watched every game from this past weekend i just want to know if you agree yeah so from the atlanta pittsburgh games uh james connor has talent Mm -hmm. but he can't catch yeah and I, I, I do not think like I think he could be a good complement to Le'Veon Bell. Right, right. He's not ready to be a featured back in the league right now. I don't think so. And so I think, you agree? I do agree with nice. you. And and I think even the 
the talent thing, like, like I watch the game, right? And then I turn on other channels and go on NFL.com and they tell me how amazing he was. I watched the highlight reel of James Conner and I went, this guy looks great. Right. And then I watched the game and right. I went, okay, but like eight of the ten carries went for nothing. Eight of the, most of the carries against the first and second team exactly. went nowhere. And that's why stats in preseason are so confusing. Watch His two biggest runs were on the last drive of the game against third and fourth stringers of Atlanta. And that's really and he looked amazing. He, he and looked, I just said the great. Falcons third and four stringers are a little bit rough. Right. My other thing though that I want to say, my other left goes sprinkle. Yeah. I take it back. I said the Falcons were going to have a rough team this year. Yep. Mm-mm. Their first team defense is fast it's as hell. For real. And their offense will get it done. Yeah. But like you said in one of our videos, mm-hmm. it's going to be flipped this year. I do think the so. Falcons defense is going to lead and the Falcons offense will do what they need to do to win. Yes. They will not be do not draft Matt Ryan high. No, I don't think you're going to see the same leagues. number output. I don't. You know, you just we get we can't we can't devalue Kyle Shanahan or what he did. Uh I do think you're right. The thing that I I'll say, we know there's a lot of talent on there. The, the biggest thing the Atlanta Falcons have to work on is not even on the field. That's mm. that's the thing I look at. It's really just the continued relationship of Sarkeesian, Matt Ryan, yes. getting on the same page of plays they like, thought yes. process of why he's calling these plays. Because that is, at the end of the day, I do it like you said. The defense is going to be better. I don't think the offense is going to be quite as good. And I always wonder, with a guy that's coming from college to the NFL, does he have enough inventory in right? his offense? And, and I'll be honest. So I don't want, you the know. The Saints and Buccaneers look freaking good. We're going to get to that in a yeah, little bit later. Yeah. Let's do some quick injuries and retirement news. Uh, Jordan Reed is off PUP. Good. Hell yes. They need him. I uh, All my interviews I did this weekend, they said, who's a surprise team? I said, no one's talking about Washington. Mm-hmm. And their offense is too good to not talk about with their weapons, with Pryor and Reed and Crowder. Yes. No one's talking about it. Niles Dawson, Paul, they're getting good. him in, involved. Uh, Derek Rivers uh, tore his ACL for the Patriots, yes. I think is huge, just for depth. Mm-hmm. George Fant yeah. tore his ACL Gosh. for the Seahawks, and he put up 20 pounds, the left tackle. Uh, right now... As they were talking about him during the game, they were literally talking about the adjustments, and yes. he's going in the right direction, Sucks. and it was like the jinx you always hear about. Yep. Literally the next play gets hurt. We are at 20 ACL injuries. Ooh. So we are... Remember... Last few years have been 22, 25. We still have two weeks to go, but yeah. I think a lot of ACLs happen in the first two weeks. I would imagine, when yes. When you have been working, exploding, right. but we're a little ahead of pace. Yes. So keep up your hashtag ACL epidemics. We're at 20 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Williams injured his elbow for the for the Bengals. Right. It's another secondary guy. Uh, and Anquan Bolden retires. Yes. Uh, it's ironic that his last play was an interception by, by Ronald, Ronald Darby. Darby. Yeah, and that's it just shows you Ronald Darby will make you feel really slow. Well, but <laughs> Anquan Bolden as a career, what do we got? We got over thir- we got almost 14,000 receiving yards. Yep. Uh he had so many big seasons with the Niners. Yep. Uh, the so Ravens. many big seasons with the Cardinals uh, and the Ravens. Yeah. How will he go down in your book, Anquan Bolden? I mean, this is Class of nine nine recruiting class right here. This is my USA Today so All American team. He was in the team. same high school class as quarterback, you. Quarterback, but he was considered an athlete, fake quarterback. And he was, yep, he went to Florida State. Wow. And I was like, you know, he he did do a little quarterback, and then he went to wide receiver. Tough as hell. I mean, tough as hell. Like linebacker, tough. He would fight you in a second. Um, unbelievable route runner. Could stick his foot in the ground. I don't. I've seen some of the things out there. Like, I don't think Anquan Bolden's a Hall of Famer. I think he's an NFL legend. I do not think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Uh, but regardless, what he did in his career is amazing, and I'm glad he. Cl- I'm glad he uh, hung up the cleats because 
I promise you, when I got done watching the film of Bill's Philadelphia, I have it here in my notes, I said it's over for Anquan Bolden. Mm. I mean, I have to think that he came home and either they said, we might release you, yeah, and that's why he retired, or he just came home and he goes, man, Ronald Darby was faster than me running backwards. I yes. might need to retire. And also, I think he saw Zay Jones and went, oh, that kid's good. I, I think so. I just, Zay, he Jones is, good. He, Zay Jones is going to be perfect for them. Yes. Bills are like, it, Bills they're are an interesting good, team. They're a very good team. Especially I just don't know if they have big playmakers left, go. That's gonna, They got the guys that can make a play or two yeah. in the well, fourth quarter. That's what happens quarter. when you build all of your, your receivers as slot receivers and all of your corners as slot corners. Pretty much. You all the explosive Ex- guys. Exactly right. Uh, Anquan Bolden, what team was he on when he got concussed? And it was like a serious injury, and he came that back the next Baltimore. week. That was Baltimore. Joe Flacco Man. threw a post down the middle, right? That was and the broke his jaw. moment for me is he got his jaw broken. Jets game he here. Like, he kept playing, yes. and he came back the next week, and everyone thought he was in trouble, and he came back. Anquan Bolden's one of the toughest dudes ever. We no interviewed doubt. him at the Super Bowl two years ago. He was great. Right. He had us great stuff about the divide between old players and young players in the locker room and how you don't even know what they're listening to anymore. <laughs> great guy. And I do think that Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden trio yeah. was freaking special. It was special. special. It was. Let's go to Sims's texted takes. The Bam. strongest takes that Chris Sims sent to me in a run-on sentence Uh-oh. that he wants to talk about on Monday's show and is going to be pissed at me if we don't get a chance to say and someone else says later. <laughs> uh, first one, you texted me. Don't play Zeke in the preseason at all. I, I'm just amazed at all... We got to get him in on week three to knock the preseason off, uh, knock the rust off. Why? So he can get rusty... For six weeks sitting out? Like, we know Ezekiel Elliott's the man. I don't need to see him in preseason game number three. Don't even risk getting him hurt. First of all, he's got a lot of stuff on his mind. When you have a lot of crap going on off the field, on your mind, personal life, that is when you get hurt playing football mm. because you're just not totally dialed in and focused. So what what is what is like 10 carries in preseason game number three going to do for him in week Let eight me when ask he comes you this. back? So let's say he comes back in week seven, right. which is the six-game suspension. Is it better to ramp him up, slow him down and come back, or just do that only ramp up in week seven? I think that's the time to do it. And I don't even think you would go full go, full go ramp up week seven. You would go, hey, we want you to go full go out here, but we're not going to give you the total workman's load of the carries, right? right? We're going to give we're going to give Darren McFadden eight to ten. So there's as well. no benefit in getting him anything. I don't think so at all. Okay. I, he is not going to forget how to run in the meantime. And the weird thing for them, Lefko, is it's like legitimately week six is a bye week. He has to lose six games, right? Right. So it's he's really it's going to be seven weeks total. It's going to be right. eight weeks of non-playing wow. football before Half he actually comes on the field. I know. Half a year. I know. Uh, the Lefko sprinkle was actually a question this time. Yeah. How did Jalen Smith look? So happy he played. It's awesome. But it average. Yeah. Average. I mean, I... Can you tell that he that he looks different? Does he look different than how he looked in college? He's looked different from yes, and I've 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 even sent texts to like Matt, you know, some of the guys here, the producers at Bleacher Report, because even when I've seen him at practice and things like that, he doesn't use his left leg. He's not running normal. He's pulling his left leg. No doubt, it's he's got the what do they call it? Drop foot. Drop foot. When they announced that when he was a rookie that he could have drop foot. I got really concerned because how can you run when you're carrying right. a leg? A few times he broke down in the hole and the running back broke to his right. So now he had to cut off of his left yes. and he couldn't do it or he didn't okay. want to do it. So j- for this everybody one, out there. This is one of those preseason storylines where it's going to be on Good Morning America yeah, right. and it's going to be on ESPN Sunday morning. But if you're 
looking at the depth chart, you're telling everybody right now, don't get your hopes up don't for Jalen Smith. Don't get no. There's nothing going to be It's amazing what he's yes. done. And to, to ba- you know, yeah. battling an injury like that that threatens your career. Yes. To get out there, I bet you it felt amazing. Amazing story. Mm. Awesome. He can still be the player he once was, but he's not that right now. Okay. This guy was, as you know, I mean, when we watched him together in that year in that draft, oh. like it was one of those things where we walked out, we were like, holy crap. Like, he was this, a size and speed guy. No doubt. He is definitely one of the five best players in the draft. So it's a shame. I hope he keeps fighting the good fight. It's good to see him out there, but he's not the Jalen Smith that we saw at Notre Dame. Mm. All right, next up on Sims Text Takes. If the Bills bench Tyrod Taylor, they're ridiculous. Yes. I, I got annoyed. You know, uh, this will show you that I don't have hatred towards players. I have hatred about certain bullshit media hook lines. Okay? Perception. Right. And, and people not knowing what they're watching. Oh, so Tyrod Taylor threw two interceptions. Okay, so let's go over the first interception. The first interception, your man Rodney Rashab, McLeod. Yeah, Rodney McLeod. Still, flying down. He's blitzing. LaShawn McCoy, last time I checked the rule book, he's supposed to block that guy and not let get get overpowered and let him get within a foot of the quarterback's arm. Yes. So the ball gets bad in the air. Interception. Tyrod, what a bad play by him. Yeah. And then the next interception. He was rolling away from a pass rush. Because it was all-out blitz. Yes. But Rick Dennison, the OC of the Buffalo Bills. Who we have not been a fan of on this podcast the for years. the OC of the years. Denver Broncos. And what have we talked about with the Denver Broncos the last two years? Why doesn't he use rollouts with athletic quarterbacks? Nor does he protect the quarterback at all in general. But you know what? Our two wide receivers, we're going to both run simultaneous seven-yard comebacks. There you go, right. And Demarius... Jump over somebody and catch so this ball. You're, Why do they hire him? I, I I don't know either. I don't know. Rick is a good coach. I just don't think he's an offensive coordinator coach. Not for him. But not no. for Tyrod. No. And it's just uh, – so there, there, that second interception, it, it's the Ronald Darby against Anquan Bolden. So you have a guy that's running 4-3-2 <laughs> against a guy that's running 5-3-2. Yes. Okay, so that's bad in jail. But it's all-out blitz. They did not have enough blockers. Yes. They, this was like the fourth time they did it in the game, Lefko. Like Jim Schwartz realized, like, wait – Buffalo and their offensive coordinator doesn't have a plan to stop my all-out blitzes, so let's keep doing it. It was amazing. It was amazing. So Left coast sprinkles. Calm it down. Zay Jones looks good. Yep. Peterman, the reason they're thinking that, that Tyrod can be benched, Nathan Peterman, had flashes. Yes, he's a good player. He's a good player. He ain't ready to play no, in this league. No, he's not. He's and not. I don't think anything – I don't look at anything physically special. I think a little bit, a lot of good, solid – Great throw. Could be Tom it. Savage, but yeah, I don't even think he's got a good arm as Tom wow. Savage. Yeah. yeah, like every now and then it was a good throw, but uh, and then the other it's takeaway I took from Buffalo Philly, mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox is incredible. Oh my gosh, incredible! He's amazing, man. And I, I, I was reading some practice reports. They're doing a joint scrimmage against the Dolphins right now, and apparently the Dolphins are pushing him a little bit. I'd right. like to see a big offensive line, but the Eagles' defense looks special. It does thus far. Yes, they have speed at linebacker. All of their secondary Kendricks looks, looks good. like he's gained back the respect of Schwartz or whatever. I just hope it was. they're not preparing to trade him. I hope not either because he's been pretty good this preseason. Next Sims text take: Russell Wilson looks great. And the Seahawks are officially Super Bowl contenders for yeah. the first time in years. Yes. I, I, uh, first of all, Russell Wilson's look is, I, I mean, I don't even know what, how to really articulate it. He just looks like a, a faster, more in shape version of Russell Wilson to begin with. I mean, it's very Aaron Rodgers-ish, except it's even faster and quicker than that when he's on the move. It's even speed sped up his delivery of the throwing the football. I just thought in the game the other night, he was truly phenomenal. I mean, making some big-time throws, but the added quickness and just popping his feet, 
And then their O-line, has. I know they lost George Fant, but their O-line's got enough players on it. I, I'm a believer that they're going to be good enough in the running Who game do you this like year. There? I, I really, I can't say, listen, they got to figure out what they're going to do at left tackle there. I'm not sure how they're going to play that out and mix and match right. it yet. I mean, all their offensive linemen, I feel like, have played tackle, right. whether it's Britt or Effetti or whatever they're right. going to do. But, but the, the Britt's a very good center. Effetti, of course, has, he could do guard or tackle. Yeah. But I just think they have enough guys there for me to go, okay. Tom Cable's going to get them straight. Their running game is going to be legit. They have a stable of running backs. And Russell Wilson this year on the read option, like if you don't account for him, he is going to run for 50 yards down the sidelines on you. Russell Wilson looked amazing. And we like got, amazing. amazing. Like I sat down and I was like, I was like, I know he's one of the corniest motherfuckers in this league. And I think most of his social media is annoying. And I understand why there's rumors about his teammates hating him because I just don't get along with people like that. Right. That are just so cookie cutter great yeah. that you're like, why yeah. are you making me feel bad? But that's because because I have ego. Russell Wilson's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. He is. He's a He's top not five coolest dude in the no. world. That's all there is. Why does everybody got to be the coolest dude? Yeah, we got to talk about that number eighteen though. The receiver Williams. Let me get to the left coast sprinkles. First one. <laughs> sprinkles, sprinkles, sprinkles. Cason Williams is a fucking stud. stud. Who is this kid? Stud jumping over people. I know. This He's is what unreal. they need. This is, this could be the third receiver, or at least that third option. I wrote down Seattle's weapons have arrived. Uh, Earl Thomas is back. Yep. Like first play, he was in the field. He popped somebody. somebody out. I like Shaquille Griffin. Uh-huh. I like Delano Hill. Yeah. Two guys, athletes for the secondary. Right. Um, but I, I got a lot of excitement from the Vikings, and this is my super sprinkle. Yeah. The Vikings are my surprise pick to be the super serious team in the NFL this year. I get you. I think they're one in the North. It's I I already picked it. I mean I'm Did with you? you. Yes, I I think they're going to overtake Green Bay this year. This Their is the year. defense is so deep. They communicate so well. Seattle couldn't push them around. And no. Vikings offensive line I thought was impressive. They kind of pushed Seattle around the first drive. Dalvin Cook when he lined up. I'm watching the game. Yeah. and I and I had a flashback right. to Zeke against Seattle last year in the oh, preseason. Right, right. That was his coming out party mm-hmm. when he he put his face into Cam Chancellor's chest and he got up and he talked shit and everyone went, whoa, whoa. he's <laughs> right. doing this to Cam Chancellor? Right. Now Dalvin was getting his ass kicked in the beginning. Yeah. But when he started going and he started making people miss and all of a sudden Seattle was like looking at him on the ground like what are we up against right, right now? Right. He is the missing piece, but I'm picking it right now. My, this is why it's my super sprinkle. Good. I think my surprise contender for Defensive Player of the Year this year, Daniil Hunter. Yeah. Daniil Hunter is Alden Smith, and yep. people don't realize it hey. yet. I, I get Am it. Am I right? Yeah, he's, he, you like all my sprinkles? I like, I'm loving your sprinkles Daniel right now. Hunter. I, I called him the ballerina coming out in the draft, remember? But he's, and he's not he's anymore. He's not anymore. I know. He's, Daniel Hunter's body is so filled out, yeah. and the Seattle offensive line didn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. He was blowing by them. He was going inside. He was lifting people. Daniel Hunter with Barr and Kendricks and Linval Joseph and Everson Griffin and all of the experience in Xavier Rhodes. in football. That whole defense. Yes. That's why they were 5-0 and last year. Right. My only fear for them mm-hmm. is I love Sam Bradford on first down. Yeah. I love Sam Bradford on second down. Sam Bradford at third and five and greater than, he's just not confident in himself. Yeah, and the, and offense, the offense doesn't lend itself to that either. So but you're I right. Like it's a little wide bit receivers. of both. I do too. Stefan, uh, what's his Stephon name? Stefan Diggs. Is proving us both wrong too. Yes. He's, he's a good, player. But they're, thing, they're my super sprinkle. They're going to be great at 10 plays, 80 yards. It's going to be, can, can they, they get finish? that one play to the touchdown? And that's where I think Dalvin Cook is going to come into yes. play. And I'm hoping that's where, you know, guys like Laquan Treadwell and even Michael Floyd after a suspension. Didn't see him, so I'm not going to talk about him. They can help out, too. I haven't but, seen him. Yeah. 
It's like it's, you know, unless you do something on tape, I'll talk about you. Yeah. All right, let's do now quarterbacks on contenders. We're telling you we're going quarterback heavy. It's what it's an easy thing to evaluate in preseason. Uh, and speaking of coming back from injury, which we saw with a number of guys in that last game, uh, Derek Carr, mm. hurt at the end of last year. Mm. How does he look? One of the things I wanted to watch this weekend was the first drive of Derek Carr. I just, to me, as a player, when you've only had like one really good year of success, right? Last year was his year, right? That was like, holy cow. Then you get hurt. I always am interested to see, like, can they create that same magic last year? Was that just a magical run, or is this guy like a legit baller? What'd you and think? He answered that right away. I mean, the touchdown pass down the seam to Lee Smith uh, was phenomenal. I mean, th- that takes Kahuna's to even pull the trigger there. But Him and Jameis are so similar with that throw. They re- well, they, they can, both go, oh, no a safety doubt. and a linebacker? No I'm going to put it right, right. there. And they're and great they with their eyes to move the free safety who's yes. looking. They just look a little, and then they can just flick it out of their hands. How about Amari Cooper going up on three Ooh, guys? Baby. Michael Crabtree, Crabtree looks, looks great. Um, Marshawn Lynch. And and our Jared Cook caught a little pass. Jared Cook looked, looked good really too. good, too. I know. How was Marshawn? Marshawn, to me, in the two carries, he looked like – looked. I didn't think there was a difference between old Marshawn and the Marshawn I saw. That's exciting. I'm not saying he was 2012 Marshawn Lynch, but he looked like the same Marshawn Lynch I saw in that Carolina playoff loss two years ago right. when Carolina went on to Super Bowl 50. Derek Carr is so good that I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. The left go sprinkle was, man, Cooper's a freak and Oakland's offense is going to be good, mm-hmm. but this defense, it still scares me. It, it does. And I know that we love Khalil Mack, but... He does not have any defense around him. No, he does not. I mean, then you watch him the first few plays of the game. That's why I'm down on the Raiders this year. That's scary. we got to see Darren Conley out there. Yes. Okay. Good point. That's one thing. Other thing I'll say, I like the way Mario Edwards Jr. has looked. He is moving really top-notch. This is where I always get into, like, trouble in my mind, right, As as a player. Are the Oakland Raiders... Working on the base package still and just trying to be good at that, and they're going to unveil this uh, John Pagano gotcha. different coverages so week one. Preseason. Those are the things that go through my mind as yeah. I watch these games. But uh, when I see Derek Carr healthy, I go, they're a contender. Yes. That, and that's where I had the other question, the other guy, uh, Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Was it going to be a one-year wonder? Yep. What did you see from Dak Prescott? I'm glad you lumped them together because that's, they deserved it. It was the same kind of thought, just like, can he create this magic again? Right. Um, Dak Prescott, the first thing I notice is he's holding the ball a hair lower. If you watch him in the game, just he used to have it tuck it right underneath his chin. Yes. Now it's more along like the chest line. Okay. But it is that good? It is good to me because he does a great job of keeping his arm in a ninety degree angle as well. But at times he kept it so tight it took away from some of the power. I feel like it is more free flowing. And the back shoulder touchdown throw to Des Man. Bryant was phenomenal. Um, and so were some of the other plays. But yeah, that kind of took off my doubt at all. And made me feel better that they're going to weather the storm without Zeke better than maybe I originally thought. There's something about seeing Dak back there where his poise, it's just he's more under control than almost every quarterback in the NFL. He's Steve McNair. I mean, the more I watch him, I just go, man, this big country strong MFR just yeah. sitting back here. He's not scared of anything. I wrote down Dez looks like a different guy. Yes. Dez looks, Dez looks powerful and explosive. I just don't know if Dez has the top end speed and he'll he ever has. get it back. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's ever going to get it back. But yes, Dez looks. I mean, even that that first catch, he had the slant, making somebody miss, going to get something after the right. catch. Uh, yeah, he's I think angry. he's going to have a big year. Yeah. Uh, the other left go sprinkle in that game, which was Dallas Indy. I went. This Marlon Mack kid could be a runner for the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, the running back at a USF. Right. 
just it was a good running back. I know that they're going to have to move on from Frank Gore eventually. Not bad to have that young guy on the roster. Yep. Uh, and it was funny to see Barkevius Mingo get a, a big force Bar- fumble. Barkevius Mingo, you Super see Jabal Sheard out there. Jabal Sheard's yeah. out there, Super Bowl champion. Uh, they're not ready, though. What? The Colts are so far away. They're, I mean, they're. I'm going to tell you what. First of all, I what are they doing with Scott uh, Tolson? They need a backup quarterback. Like, so Reggie Wayne came out right. and said on Twitter, it's about time that we actually get a backup quarterback. Come on. Just keep it at 100. I mean, they they got to do something. Now, whether that's a Sanchez or Glennon cut casualty or a Stanton uh, or Blaine Gabbert, uh, there's a few teams that have there's a few teams that have no backup quarterback. Well, there were the rumors that they met with a veteran quarterback and they were not interested in Colin Kaepernick, of course. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's I mean, there's a question for Indianapolis. It's You're huge. not winning with Scott Tolzien. No way. I don't know what these teams are thinking to go, oh, we have our franchise quarterback and he'll never get hurt, so we'll never have a good uh, backup quarterback. I mean, they're, they're going to ruin their season because of this. We're going to get to really a are. good backup quarterback. They're disappointing to me so far this preseason. They've been the last three years, yeah. and apparently Philip Dorsett's on the trade market. Yeah, I, I can believe it. You don't even see him out there early in the game. Really? Yeah. Now let's go to quarterback battles. This is where you're going to see this question for the next few weeks. Sims is ballsy enough to tell you right away who should be starting. It's over. Why even figure it out? First one, Texans. Who do you start? Tom Savage. Over. This game, the last game against New England. Yeah, Deshaun Watts is just not ready for primetime play within the pocket yet, left go. That's, that would be my only explanation. First of all, look at his stat line from the game. He was 3 for 10. For 103 yards. 100 yards of those were on two-yard check-down throws. One was... To Deontay Foreman. And the other one was to Ellington, who they just acquired from the 49ers. Right. So, to me, he definitely looked a little more lost in the pocket in this game compared to Carolina. Super athletically runs. It's there, no doubt about it. But Savage was really sharp. He was. And Savage... I just And the offense was clicking. I do. I think Savage is just the better fit for right now. I'm not saying that's the truth in the long haul. Because you're going to be able to do more with Deshaun yes. Watson, but right now Savage is the guy. You have a Super Bowl level defense, yes. And the thing that messed you up last year is you had a quarterback that shit his pants yep. in Brock Osweiler, and he threw big interceptions. Right. Savage plays the position and doesn't lose the game. You have a nice running game with Lamar Miller, and here are the left go sprinkles. Yeah, I have four it. from this game. Right. One, Dante Foreman is an absolute stud. Oh, Sign him up. Him and Lamar Miller, two-headed uh, monster. Dante Foreman looks fantastic. Yep. Second thing, another running back. Rex Burkhead mm-hmm. is about to take over the NFL, and no one freaking knows it yet. The Patriots are going to make Rex Burkhead the running back Julian Edelman because <laughs> he had a safety on him, and he left the safety five yards behind on a slant for a 25-yard touchdown. No, that was Zach Cunningham, the, the rookie linebacker who the Texans got four pass coverage well, out of Vanderbilt. Well, yeah. you can go back. Yeah, well, he got his he got his welcome to the NFL because White Boy Supreme is pretty good in the slot. Rex Burkhead's about to be unbelievable. I would agree with that. Uh, other, uh, shout out to Jalen Strong. Yep. Looking good. Uh, and then I think that, I don't know if he's going to make their team. He mm-hmm. might be a practice squad player like last year. 
DJ Foster for the Patriots right. was a big-time wide receiver at Arizona State. Yeah. They played him at running back, and in the third and fourth quarter, just tearing people up out of the backfield. That's what the Patriots look for. Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, DJ Foster. Right. Uh, they, all their guys, they like guys that come out of the backfield and can block, but can also run. And I think DJ Foster, if he doesn't make the Patriots, some other team can scoop him up. Yeah, somebody's going to jump that. on there for sure. Yeah. That's the great thing about a guy like DJ Foster being in a New England too is now teams are going to go, oh well, he's been coaching a lot of areas. He could play receiver or right. running back, do whatever. But before so he would have been a he would have been a tweener, and no now doubt. he's versatile. Right. Uh, the other quarterback battle: the Denver Broncos should start. Not even close. Trevor Simeon over over. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Paxton Lynch coming out in the draft. A lot of talent. I. There's still I'm not giving up on him, but he's just not polished enough. First of all, like a Ryan Mallett, he's just so long, and the delivery is too long. It's at a times. really dangerous name to say. It's just too. It's just when you compare someone to Ryan Mallett, I immediately go well, they're in trouble. It's just the body makeup. Now he's a lot more athletic than than Ryan Mallett, but the the throwing and the long motion to get the ball out of your hand. Yeah, he could put some heat on it, but by the time he gets it out of his hand, he's getting hit a lot of times. But all those, what, what do you have, like nine completions for 39 yards? i got to look up his How stats How is again. Simeon, though? Simeon is the guy. Simeon, so it's the same thing as the Texans. The Denver Broncos have a Super Bowl-level defense, right. and they need a quarterback that can make all the throws. The question for it, them is now... What's this offense going to look like? Yeah, this can op- they build an offense? Because last year with your guy, yeah, uh, with up there Rick in Dennison, Buffalo, Rick Dennison, right. it's crap. No. Who's their OC? Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy, mm. old head coach of the Chargers. You mentioned him a few. He's times. He's going to have a good offense. Think about, think about a little bit what he's done in San Diego the last few years with Ken Wisenhunt, right? That they're from the same coaching tree. Really, it's really the Giants Parcells tree to a degree. Wisenhunt went to the Steelers. Um, McCoy went to the Carolina Panthers with Dan Henning and stuff right. and learned under him. So think about the old Carolina Panthers teams with Jake DeLome when they were going to the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's going to be an aggressive down-the-field uh, passing offense, but he's got a great way of getting the Danny Woodheads of the world involved in the pass game gotcha. as well. He's learned that from Josh McDaniels. Mike McCoy was my quarterback coach in 09 in Denver under Josh McDaniels. But Simeon's talent is underrated, man. It is. He's a better athlete. He's got an extremely quick release, and I think he throws the ball with more pace on it than people maybe give him credit for. His career is kind of reminding me of Tony Romo in the beginning, where no one wanted to acknowledge it because it was such a late-round pick. Similar but, playing style, but too. Simeon is going to have to perform mm-hmm. to break that down. Yes. And my other problem with them is, what does C.J. Anderson, what does Jamal Charles have left? I don't see weapons other than their top two receivers. No. And I don't know if he's going to have anything to play with. I was encouraged. Where in Houston, I see a lot more weapons everywhere. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. There, like, there like is more Anderson weapons. at a tight end, I'm like, they're not even using this I know. guy. I know they they do they got a lot of receivers. Stephen Ridley looked good at the running back position for the Denver Broncos, okay. so he's a that's a, a nice encouraging thing. Yeah, and you're right; they're just going to have to rely heavy on the two headed monster yeah. of Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders. The Lefko sprinkle in Denver, San Francisco is don't sleep on Kyle Uzcheck being a huge part of the Niners' offense. Yeah, just right away. Right. He's just a different athlete than they have there. And if you know Shanahan's going to feature the athletes, yeah. uh, another fantasy tidbit: if people in my league are watching, I hate you. Stop stealing my fucking players. Yeah, but assholes. Kyle Yuschek is a kind of guy that you take later in the in the round. Everyone goes, "You're taking a fullback, and he's going to catch six catches a game." There's no doubt he's going to he's going to be an integral part of their offense all year long. Tell that to Matt Camp. Get it on his list. So yeah, you got to watch out for him. The other guy. 
you want to watch out for there on their team is George Kittle, the tight end they drafted out of Iowa. So that one play where he bashed through yes. people, that wasn't that's that's what he does. Yeah, Kittle's good. Kittle's got more in the pass game than people give him credit for. He was down in Iowa and he, you know, had his hand in the ground a lot, but he's yeah. a better athlete. Yeah, watch out for him. Marquise Goodwin, who I've said Stud. in a few things that he's gonna be the article, Travis Benjamin. I read an article that CJ Bethard is getting a thousand extra snaps because of virtual reality. Does that mean anything to you? I, I haven't had an experience with CJ Bethard. To get, well, no, no, no. Have you had I mean, an experience ex- with virtual reality? No. We need to get you on there to but see if it actually matters. Everybody says it does help. It okay. gives you just another free run of practice, right? Um, C.J. Beathard, he's getting all the reps anyway. I mean, Kyle Shanahan traded up in the third round to get him. Kyle's going to make it work, Ugh. as you can see. I mean, he you know, gave him two cheap. stupid, Kyle. So, whatever. Beathard looks good, though. He really does. I know Kyle thinks he's a... Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's quite as talented as Kirk, right? But he does have that same style and and frame of mind. We're recording this Monday, obviously. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser plays tonight, so you can't put him in there. But I'm curious now that we've seen Trubisky, Watson, and Mahomes two games. Yeah. What is your order for the three? <sighs> Trubisky one. Still. Yeah. Trubisky was impressive again the other Trubisky night. Trubisky one. Mahomes two. Watson three. Yeah. Break down Trubisky. Yeah. Trubisky. Trubisky to me is just the most natural at the position right now. Mahomes. Mahomes is too, but I just think Trubisky's a little more polished. And like we said, going back to our draft evaluation, let's go. Trubisky just ran a few more pro style schemes at North Carolina. What did you see in week two? Week two again. I don't even – a natural throwing the football. It just doesn't matter. It, I don't care what ball this guy picks up. Great body control. Great body control. Can put the – oh, it's third and four. i got to throw the slot out, and the guy's covered all over. I can put it outside to where my guy has to, like, go on the ground and catch it, or, and he catches it or nobody does. The athleticism, once again, I just think, to me, I didn't see anything more that, that I didn't see in the first game, but yes. I just – I saw the same guy. It wasn't like, oh – the wheels fell off this week in practice. He believed he read his own headlines. I just don't understand. Mike Glennon played the entire first half. Yes. Mark Sanchez came in the third. Trubisky played barely more than a quarter and only threw eight passes. I know. Enough. They get gave Sanchez, Sanchez a bone. Get Sanchez yeah. out of here. I understand that they needed to get Glennon that late touchdown in the first half for confidence. They want him to be the guy. There's nothing wrong with Trubisky sitting. But get him some freaking reps. Sanchez, I'm sorry, bro. I know you look good in shorts. You're third. Yeah. Get Because I know Trubisky looked good, but how am I going to evaluate a guy that played against the four stringers? I that was my. That was what I wrote down. I hear you. And That's... my other left go sprinkle was Honey Badger's back. Honey Badger is back. Honey Badger's back i think all your points are valid listen they gotta they gotta just they semi just gotta get sanchez some reps just to go damn he might be our backup this year so in case like you know things get for Trubisky's real here your backup so Trubisky might be the starter and sanchez might yeah. be the backup and then you cut glenn oh. in or and i know i think you would lose like six million dollars maybe this year on the cap whatever it may be uh i i don't know if they know exactly what they're doing yet but mm. regardless i'll say this Send them to indy you yeah I mean, there's a lot. There's a few teams we could go through, but the other thing I'll say too, Lefko, if you're starting Mike Glennon because he's the veteran, right, and he won't make the bad interception, and we've seen two games where he's thrown the bad, bad interceptions. interceptions. So, and then we've seen Trubisky. That one, yeah, that one, uh, Honey Badger was bad. Was bad. I mean, that was bad. You want to see that quarterback finish that drive off, not take any risks like that, and then really the net. I don't know if it was the next drive. He almost threw another bad interception to his left side. He threw a corner route like he did last week against Denver. It looked like the same play, and so he threw in the coverage. Right. Uh, so I think you're wrong. I think Mahomes is number one. Okay. I'm going to break down Mahomes. Good. 
Mahomes is out here throwing no-look cross-body passes. <laughs> he is stiff-arming linebackers. That was impressive, right? And then throwing 30-yard lasers down the sideline. Uh, 10 of 14, 88, two touchdowns. Uh, I don't know if he's faster than Dak, but I feel like they're a similar speed. He had, how he's about faster that? than you think, right? When how he about takes the off? stiff arm and a 25-yard diving touchdown I know. run? Uh, he got called out at the two. So you yeah, know, It was but, unbelievable. Yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes is is the better quarterback out of him and Trubisky. I also th- I also think that Andy Reid just knows how to set these guys up for success. That's really why I've given Trubisky maybe the edge a little bit. Mahomes but... is always rolling out and he's got like a clear vision. But right. he, he, damn, he's so he's a talented. baller. He's a baller. You he, could, props he's to going, you thanks. for saying he was going to be special because a lot of people doubted him, including me right. from Texas Tech. But man, is this kid incredible? No, this kid's incredible. He's superstar. It's coming, and yeah. Listen, him and Trubisky are they're similar, except just Mahomes, I would say, is the more gifted thrower, and yes. I really think a lot of Trubisky throwing the ball. Sure. He, he's even gone up another level to me since the draft. But yeah, Mahomes is the more gifted thrower, and then I would say Trubisky is maybe the slightly better athlete, but it's close. It is so close. It really is close. Uh I, I now have a super sprinkle. Left go super sprinkle. I have a few of these. One, the Chiefs are winning the AFC West. Okay? I know that everyone wants the Raiders, and you're thinking the Chargers are an upstart, and you really like what the what uh, the the Broncos have. Right, Chiefs are winning the division. Chiefs are good. I Chiefs agree. are winning I the agree. division. I wrote but that my, my super, power rankings. But my super week. sprinkle is yeah, Alex Smith is playing better, and Alex Smith is facing competition that's very athletic yeah. and that's very young. Right. We've seen this before. Right. Colin Kaepernick's second year in the league, <laughs> Alex Smith had his best year of his career. Yeah, best year before right. he got hurt. NFC Championship game, yeah. they got to when this whole thing went down with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes are in the same thing. Yeah. Alex Smith is getting motivated by a young quarterback that is flashing in practice and he is flashing in the games. And for every team out there that has your Scott Tolzien yeah. or has your backup quarterback, that Cam Newton, hey, Derek Anderson, he's super reliable. Cam Newton's not getting pushed. There's not a lot of pushing. It's hard with the younger guys. But you're seeing in Kansas City what a motivated older quarterback in a competition-filled quarterback room. Alex Smith looks like a different guy. I mean, I don't think he would ever throw that deep ball down the middle of the field to Kelsey it was unless gorgeous. Patrick Mahomes is the backup, and he's seen Patrick Mahomes probably do that every day in practice. Andy Reid had to answer questions today and say, Alex Smith is our guy. Yes. He is getting pushed. It is better for the team. Yep. This Chiefs team, I think Chiefs and Vikings are my teams right now that I watched, and I go, they are deep at every position. Mm-hmm. Their quarterbacks were kind of known as being pussies yeah. in the past. I don't know if I can say that. Being wimps in the past. But, damn, I shouldn't have said that. Damn. Uh, whatever. How Fuck dare you. Damn it. Now I'm all over the place. <laughs> damn, he wants to what? To what? But the Chiefs, to me, with <laughs> Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes motivating him, it's a, he looks like a different guy. I, I, I mean, I would you say. You agree with my sprinkle? I do. I agree with it totally. I, I, I actually talked about it on a radio station earlier today. I, I truly believe that's why you're seeing a more aggressive Alex Smith because he's got a guy that's pushing him every day in practice and he realizes, man, we didn't win the playoff game against the Steelers last year because I wasn't aggressive. Yep. I got to continue to be this, especially if they want to beat the New England Patriots in week one. But that is the, that's the one that I'm, I'm looking at. I mean, they're. I do think the Chiefs have a certain aura about them right now where I look at them and just the way they act and the things I hear in the press conferences, like they know they're good. They're mad about last year. I think they know they can go a step farther. And 
them going into the Foxborough and upsetting New England is a very real thing. It really is. On the is. first night of the I season. I do. I think it is. I, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be highly motivated. Yeah. And if you catch New England celebrating the banner in the fifth ring and right. things go right, right, you might catch them an off and night. And I'm going to say this, too, about the Patriots. Uh, I'm not going to say that they're not winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. All I'm going to say is their offense is going to have a different feel this year, and it's going to be a lot more spread you out, passing, kind of speed, quickness. Mm -hmm. You don't dominate a lot of games like that. And I'm curious to see if they're going to be able to do the power running. Garrett gave you that aspect last year. It's just going to be a different type of team. Uh, Speaking of the rookie quarterbacks, there was a guy that we were hard on. I did, we were difficult towards. Uh, The Downtown Rams podcast had me on. They were like, what's about Jared Goff? And I said, all I'm going to say is, Last year, he had an offensive coordinator that I think stunk in Rob Boris. He hadn't done it before. He had a coach that said, I just want a veteran guy. He had a backup quarterback that was not teaching him anything in Case Keenum. Case Keenum was trying to win the job. And then to compare him to Carson Wentz, who had three former OCs mentoring him at head coach, OC, and quarterbacks coach, with a Chase Daniels that could bring Drew Brees' work ethic to, and a a smart system, it was hard to compare. Jared Goff looked like a different guy. Totally different guy. Um, I've yeah, I I've been ranting about him the last two days. Jared Goff is justifying his number one pick in the draft. I don't think he's ever going to be as talented as Carson Wentz. I'll say that. But you're seeing a different man out there these first two games. And to me, one of the plays of the weekend is Jared Goff throwing the bomb down the left sideline to Sammy Watkins, who dropped it in the end zone. Mm. But to me, that is a play where last year. Jared Goff wouldn't have thrown it, and if he did throw it, it would have been tentative. He is a total different aggressive mindset. You can tell that he's McVay has built his confidence back up to where he can just go and see it and pull it. Because even on that throw, that was he looked to his right. He didn't like what he saw. He came back left and knew it was man to man on Watkins, and he just let it rip. And he threw a perfect football. Yeah, thank God they didn't listen to Eric Dickerson who hasn't been there all OTAs in training camp because he wanted to start Sean Mannion. Mm. No, Goff is the guy. This is what they leveraged the farm on. Now that they got the right head coach and they got the weapons around them to start making it work. That quickly you're able to go, Goff is on the right track. I think Goff is on the right track, yes. Wow. It's it's amazing what an offense coordinator can do. And you just, I don't think you... Sean McVay. Yeah, and I just don't think you realize, like you hit on it, just don't think you realize how little he was really coached last year. When I watched the All or Nothing, now you know, he had right. no one around him. No. They were all trying to keep their jobs. Yes. They weren't worried about teaching a young guy. Yep. Um, to that, how did Todd Gurley? Gurley looked good. Okay. I don't still... I still don't see it. Uh, you know, me too. I don't know, maybe... Like Melvin Gordon... Had a run last night. And you where, go. And I went, I went. oh, my God, the, the thoroughbred is out of the right. cage. When he and he broke out and the left and the left sideline. Like, yeah. That's a huge guy. Yeah. I don't think Todd Gurley is big. I don't think Todd Gurley looks that quick. I agree. I, just, I don't see a lot of it. I but agree. But if he's open for 60 yards, he's going to look awesome. I know. I don't I don't know either. Gurley is a very tough evaluation. I mean, you know, I wasn't – I, I like I Gordon coming out in the draft. One thing I'll say, Gurley makes it look easy at times. Like, remember that rookie year, all those like 60 and 70-yard touchdown runs? I kept going, man, he's not – I don't know yeah. how fast he is, but nobody ever caught him. The only question about Goffland and Jay Smith, right, it was against the Raiders' defense, though. They do look soft. So let's wait and yeah. see. But – just from how he throws the ball, yeah, the it's way different. he's acting and decision making. Are you watching Hard Knocks? 
I have not watched the last it show. It is so good. Is it? Oh, because there are so many characters in this Buck scene. Yeah. It's not even about Aguayo getting canned. Jameis's speeches are insane. Gerald McCoy and what he does is great. The honesty. Like, uh, like Jameis Winston in that game against Cincinnati looked amazing in the second week. Right. This will be for next week's episode coming up Tuesday. But that interception... I'm so excited for Dirk Cutter to call him out. That relationship is so honest. It's really good. But I had some questions, hard-knock questions for you, just whether or not it happens. Um, A few of my left-go sprinkles. Gerald McCoy's first step is amazing. This is from watching the film. O.J. Howard is the truth. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see him incorporated. The offense is awesome, but Jameis scares me to death. Scares me to death, but that offense with Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, uh, Doug Martin when he gets back from the suspension, it's going to be great. Two things. I get you. Jameis scares me to death. Like the stupid interception he threw in the end zone that get overturned. That's like, what I'm saying. That was that's stupid. Just, he, he has great improvis- improvisational skills, yep. right? But he's got to learn to draw the line a little bit. He takes it a hair too far How at is times. he still going through this? Well, it, it's it's it's... You know, the gift and the curse a little bit. That his gift is his ability to create these plays. Yeah. So there is something of a learned tactic there to go, ooh, this one's not gonna quite he work needs out. To study Aaron Rodgers. So man. he he does. But man, I mean their offense is exciting. Doug Martin's the one that I find interesting. He looks great. And yet John Gruden's on the broadcast going, Man, gonna be a tough decision whether or not they're gonna keep this guy. I'm with John I'm though, like, LFCO. I didn't I was not impressed. I really wasn't. I don't care about like the holes or the yards. I look at the player and I did not feel like I saw the same Doug Martin from two years ago who ran for 1,400 yards with wow. the explosion. Our first disagreement. I, could I be thought wrong. he looked good. I could be wrong. You didn't see him carrying people and pushing people? I and... saw a few, but, I mean, to me, that's like what starting running backs are supposed to do. Gotcha. I, I, And then the four-game suspension added with his salary cap. Right. I do think it's going to be interesting. Well, Jaquiz Rogers is not the answer either. No. Peyton Barber, maybe that guy can – and then Charles Sims the third. Hard not I'm, not – I'm not betting on him either. Yeah. That's that's a that's a whole nother like every year you're like he looks great. Hard knocks questions. Miko Grimes mm. is a character now. Brent mm. Grimes is there. I used to think Miko needs to butt her head out. Right. I fell in love with her on this episode. She's the <laughs> truth teller. But there was something that she said during the season that I have a question for you. Okay. Miko Brent Grimes' wife said that she flies to all the road games. Right. And tries to land at almost the same time the team does every time. When she gets out, she schedules a dinner at a really nice restaurant in that city and has dinner with her husband. She stays in the same hotel as the team, but on a different floor. They have, quote, hanky-panky. Have you ever heard of a wife so fully ingrained into the schedule of a traveling NFL player? Never. At no point. I've always been amazed. I've never heard a wife that comments on their husband's team so much in general to begin with. I mean, she is the same woman that told me the Dolphins would never go to the playoffs with Ryan Tannehill in the first year she was gone. They went to the playoffs. So... I don't know how to feel about get, her. I don't I get upset watch about. It. I do not get upset about someone having an opinion. But I. But at the same time, I was just curious if you've ever seen women a, travel. Like a that. great I, relationship. The relationship looks great. Yes, it, it seems like it's top notch. And he obviously has no problem with her speaking out and saying some of the things. So you've he never says. seen women travel like that. No, never. I had. I would bring my wife every now and then. She'd like meet me in an away game. Blah yeah. blah blah. But that was that was it. I mean, that was like twice a year. 
Um, McNichols, one of the rookies, and O.J. Howard in a hotel room mm-hmm. said that they've never been to an NFL game before their first preseason game that they were going to play in. Yeah. Is that common? It's very common. That's crazy. Hey. These guys that are yeah. stars and go to Alabama, and they've never even been to an NFL game. No, they have not. A lot of the guys, of course, are not from the greatest upbringings in the world. Family couldn't afford tickets. They didn't know anybody that had tickets to give it to them. You're from the states of Alabama and Mississippi. What are the closest teams anyways? you got to drive a while to go to Atlanta or New Orleans. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a little more common than people realize. I, I could say handful of guys on every team I was ever on, we'd, go, we'd be walking out that first preseason game. And, you know, this is the first time I've ever been in an NFL game. And I was like, what? Yeah. So it's, it is. It's a very real thing. Uh, I just wanted you to know that if you do start watching, Winston is such an absurdly great leader. Yeah. And all of his speeches and, you know, hyping him up before the game is great. There was one part where the backup quarterback, I think his name is Ryan Griffin, right. got hurt. He got hurt. And Jameis walks up to two linemen on the bench. I saw this. And he goes, I'm happy y'all are having fun. Yeah. But Ryan just hurt his shoulder. Right. But I'm happy you're having fun. Yeah. And he walked away. Yeah. And I was like, God, you're the best. He is. He's, does, he just... He's an ultimate leader. He's ultimate. not afraid to say the unpopular thing or the popular thing. Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. is a good backup for him, right. and they bounce back and forth nice, and Ryan's good at him saying, respect the game. Yeah. Like, it's going to be – those two together, I think Ryan can actually help Jameis mature. I think so, too. But I will say this. Yeah. It's absurd that I just said that Ryan Fitzpatrick could, te- t- could teach Jameis how to care about the ball more. Yeah. Because no one threw that ball around in crazy situations more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, he was crazy. I-, I think the biggest thing, too, is Ryan will just be able to – a few tricks of the trade of how to prepare for a game, yes. how to prepare for a crazy defense. That's where it'll come in handy. You talked about some teams need to make plays for quarterbacks at this time of the year. You do see some trades at this time of the year yep. as teams are trying to figure out their final 53. You think the Bengals and Chiefs – might have too many running backs and some teams maybe like the Giants or Washington that could use a running back should come calling. Who are those Steelers, guys? Steelers, they got a, they're a team that need could use a running backs. But yeah, I mean I just look at you know talk about the Bengals first. The, the Bengals, I mean they have a, a legit Jeremy Hill, Joe yeah. Bernard, and Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon. And there's even another one on Cedric the Pierman. on the list. Cedric Pierman, right, exactly right. So to me, What's the point of having all these running backs? I don't really understand. uh, Jeremy Hill and Joe Mixon are the same guy. Which one do you like more? I I mean, I'm always at the running running back position. I'm going with the young guy. And Mixon's definitely better than the pass game, Mixon. So So he's made Jeremy Hill expendable in your mind. I think so, yes. If I'm the Giants, I'm getting Jeremy Hill. Right. I get it. They, if they have him, that's my one issue with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Washington, get Jeremy Hill. Yes. The other team, Kansas City, and this is probably because you saw uh, Sharkandrick West. He had three or four huge runs. Right. He had a 51-yard run that, in true Sharkandrick West fashion, I mean, he was only going to get you 51 yards. Yeah. But Kareem Hunt had a great game. Yeah. Kareem Hunt looks like the he real deal. He was in deal. there with the ones, right. So they started the game off. Spencer Ware, I think, had like one carry, maybe two carries, and they put Kareem Hunt in. Kareem Hunt's perfect for the the the. Andy Reid offense. He's Darren Sproulish, but with more power, right? Yeah. So that's great. And then again, for the second preseason in a row, I'm going to tell you that I think C.J. Spiller looks good. I'm just going to warn everybody. I thought he looked good last year. C.J. Spiller is tough. Remember, we are the size and speed podcast, and <laughs> C.J. Spiller has size and speed. But last year, Saints had like 150 yards in a preseason game. Yeah. We were like, pick them up. Yeah. He barely even They played. cut him. I they mean, they didn't him. even, they they didn't even pick the team. So, yeah. Something's always easy. I was wrong there. But, yeah, I mean, to me, one of them's got to be expendable. Mm. Sharkandrick, somebody out there. You know, I, you can even go the Houston Texans. I mean, they got 
I was going to say that Miller. was my left coast sprinkle. Okay. Was Lamar Miller, Deontay Foreman. You don't need Alfred. Blue. You don't need him. Somebody call up the Texans and get Alfred Blue because exactly he's a good right. running back. Exactly right. But there's a lot. The Eagles could use him. Apparently, Legarrette Blunt. I don't know. Well, about, listen, Le- they, that just annoys me too. They got to pump annoying. their. Legarrette Blunt is not going to do anything with three carries for eight yards. And the Le-Garrett, offensive line is not blocking anybody. Right. His beauty is like fourth quarter, and it's the 25th time you've had to square him up, and you go, "Gosh, I'm so sick of hitting this big 250 pound fucker. I can't yeah. take it anymore." The Bucks should trade for one of those guys. They should. Yes. The Bucks are a team that could do that. Yep. Uh, th- there's a lot of teams in the NFL that could use the Denver Broncos. The get Bears one of have some running backs. They yeah. got some. They got. They're expendable. So I'm going to wrap it up just because we sh- we need to talk about the big movement right now in the NFL of supportive teammates, and I think it's really really cool. If you know who Jackie Robinson is, you should know who Pee Wee Reese is. Pee Wee Reese was the white player on those teams that put his arm around Jackie Robinson, and is part of the reason why Jackie was able to have such an impact in Major League Baseball. You need you can be a leader. But you need someone to put your arm around you and be the first supporter. And I think we saw that in the NFL in this second round of playoff games. Chris Long put his arm around Malcolm Jenkins. Mm -hmm. That image was everywhere, and I'm so proud that that happened on my team. Derek Carr and Khalil Mack, they both came out in support of saying, listen, we all should be treated equal. Justin Britt and Michael Bennett, that happened. I'm curious, what can this do to those specific locker rooms where a Chris Long or a Derek Carr or a Justin Britt come out? How close can it bring that locker room together? Really close because it can divide. It can bring together the white and the black. That's where I really look at it. And, and there d- is that divide. There in the is. Room. I mean, the people think that doesn't go on in the locker room. They're they're effing crazy. Of course you, it does. You hang out with your the people that you're typically right, used to hanging right. out with. Right. And and listen, there's black guys and white guys hang out, no, no doubt about it. But there's definitely a certain faction on just about every one of these teams that's probably a little bit skeptical of the Black Lives Matter movement. And and same with the other side where they you know, the other side, the black Ultra guys probably look at all the they probably all look at the white guys and go, huh, they're probably, you know, marching in Charlottesville or whatever else. Right. So there's a little bit there. But when a guy like Chris Long who is able so to well relate spoken. to both yes. too and he's friends with the black guys and the white guys he's going to be able to bring some white guys on the team that look at it and we're like on the fence and they're going damn Chris has kind of opened my eyes to this he's right let me jump on the bandwagon I, I same with Justin Brett closer together and I'm also curious about these other teams I wonder if there's anyone that's taken a knee and they're looking around they're like where who's going to be my Chris Long? yeah I know this it's interesting is, it is very interesting I would have gone black power peace that's what I would have held up Ooh. for my National anthem. I would never kneel. It's That's not- why I think Malcolm Jenkins is kind of doing a really good one. Right. He he, he does the the fist in the sky. Yep. And uh, to the to that, we got a letter on Twitter from Brian McDowell, uh, an Army officer, says that Simpson Lefko is his favorite podcast, and he he says, you know what, guys like Marshawn Lynch and Bennett. We, he feels that his service is most respected when, quote, Americans exercise the rights that our military defends. You understand what those rights are, and you defend other Americans' rights and work together to improve the country. He is an Eagles fan. He right. is proud of Malcolm Jenkins on his team, that he's engaging constructively, right. and he loves that our podcast, he, he agrees with everything we've said, and he said he loves the Eagles even though that your, your son insulted him <laughs> and said that Eagles fans suck. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I thought that was really cool that he wrote us a letter and just said, another awesome fan, we, we love you guys, saying, I love the conversation, and that's just his two cents, that he, he likes when it's done respectfully and right. they're doing that. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's good to hear. And I've heard that from a lot of veterans, so that's awesome. You know, along those lines, that was the other thing that probably annoyed me a little bit this weekend. I have it here. Okay. NAACP in Atlanta, they are boycotting NFL games until Kaepernick gets signed. Uh, and it's going to start with they're going to be boycotting outside of the NRG Stadium. Or actually, I don't know what it's called. The new Falcon Stadium. But they're going to be... Mercedes Dome. It's Mercedes, the Mercedes Benz, Benz Stadium. Right. Uh, but they're going to be boycotting games until Cap gets I signed. I mean, to me, that's it's it's counterproductive the way I look at it. That That's really... And, and I'm all for the fight of what Colin Kaepernick's doing. But Lefko, I just feel like, um, okay, you want to boycott the NFL. Don't boycott the NFL. You're going to put a bad stigma on a lot of the African-American players who are, first of all, making a great living in the NFL. Let's publicize the NFL. Let's make more African-Americans watch it because we have African-Americans in the NFL who are making a stand and trying to stand up on their – yeah, these guys are trying to spread a message, and you're telling you're people don't watch exactly the, the right. platform That's where they're counter- trying to a, spread right. a message. That was my point. Yeah, no, you, they should be amplifying right. the people that are willing to say things. You should be That's more like, hey, all African Americans, tune in on Sunday at Malcolm 4 o'clock. Malcolm Jenkins will be putting his fist in the Michael eye. And Michael Bennett is going to be kneeling down for the right start, there or whatever. Start a new hashtag, like, friends with Malcolm, and tweet a picture of you with your hand in the air and start a hashtag. There's ways, you're right, I didn't think about this, there are ways to create conversations conversations with social media you're ending right the now. conversation that yeah, way you're ending it yeah and it's that's wrong approach that's it it's i like your point thanks i didn't know where you're gonna go thanks but i liked it you were scared let me get a uh so coming up uh <laughs> we're gonna have to record the podcast again tomorrow because i'm going to a bachelor party in austin yeah it's wedding dress hemming time by adam lefko he needs to take in the bride's bust a little bit let's be honest i'm doing a bachelor party i'm gonna be hanging out on a pontoon boat oh gosh i'm gonna be doing messing ball. around with all chris sims's old has-beens? No, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but coming up on the podcast tomorrow, we are going to be doing a deep dive on Bortles again. I, if you notice, I didn't do Bortles. Of all the teams, we didn't touch Bortles. Nope. We're going deeper tomorrow. It's been the the Bortles. We, he's been a focus of our podcast for a very long time because we believe he symbolizes a bigger problem in the NFL, yes. which is certain people getting a leash when you haven't earned it, and there's a, a lot more people that maybe do deserve it. Right. Uh, let me just do a quick dump of the rest of my Lefko sprinkles. Uh, Adoree Jackson and Christian McCaffrey look fucking great. Yes, they you do. called Adoree Jackson. Thanks. And that pun- return was way too easy for him. It really was. It's like jogging. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw a air ball touchdown to Martellus Bennett, and I thought, man, his, him in the red zone is going to become even more <laughs> unstoppable because he finally has a real red zone target, Martellus Bennett. He's sick. Uh, the Jets stink, but their defense is going to be good. Woo, baby. Defense is going to be good. I'm not giving up on the Jets. Not saying like they're going to not be good. They could win five games. They can. I, I am giving up on Hackenberg as a starter, though. Hackenberg is not a starter. Hackenberg is not a backup. <gasps> Hackenberg's a third stringer. Mm-hmm. Let's get over it. Six throws in the first half, and we're evaluating. I don't even, don't even get me started on that. That was like dumb as hell. Uh, I realized that we had a person from the witness protection program come out. Max Williams mm. showed up a little bit for Baltimore. <laughs> was... Oh, the former top tight end in the draft. He could be a top fifteen pick. Yep. No, he's not. That was my but... dad. His father is my dad's ex center. But he had a few good plays. He did. Yes. He wasn't bad. Hey, he needs and, to have a good year. You're and right. then another guy that Simpson Lefko was right about. 
Alvin Kamara. Uh, Everything we hoped he would be and more. He's going to be the best running back on the Saints this year. Really? Take it from me. Over Mark Ingram, over Adrian Peterson. Yes. Alvin Kamara is going to be the best running back on that team this year. That was the first team Chargers defense, first run of the game, 50 yards, see you the F later, I'm going to dance in the end zone. He's legit. He was the third best running back in the draft. I liked him better than Joe Mixon. You know that. He's perfect for that offense because he can really run routes and catch the ball too. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. I know the Saints. Watch out for the Saints. I really like the way Marshawn Lattimore looked too. Really? Ooh, yes, I do. Marshawn Lattimore moves in a special way. I'm not going to say it's Jalen Ramsey-ish, but he's in the class of special movements like a Marcus Peters or a Jalen Ramsey. Mm. He's that kind of guy where I just go, mm, he's go moving a little him. more loose and fast than everybody else. And Ramsey looks pretty good. I mean, he's going to have to fill in at left tackle for yeah. a little bit. Pass but protection. He's got to get used to that. Saints, man, fell into it this year. They did. They really did. Uh, all right, so we're going to have uh, another episode. It's going to come out on Thursday. Uh, that will be always fun to do. Uh, we're going to be reading iTunes comments, so subscribe on iTunes leave a five-star review and comment i promise you we will read it uh we're gonna be looking ahead i have five things that google teams do that i bet you the patriots do that everyone can do to have a better team huh it's just something to think about i'm interested about. in we this got one. some weird left go shit coming your uh, okay, way okay good but that's coming up on episode 128 of sims and left go podcast this is our monday rewind we'll be doing this throughout the season four o'clock on facebook lives monday is going to be when we dump everything that we watched this week and we got to every preseason game we did in less than an hour and we got giants browns tonight giants which browns i'm tonight. actually excited to watch let's see what deshaun kaiser can do and right eli manning looks like he's lost some weight yeah he does so i want to see what he can do uh-huh. too sims and Lefko, we are the only players first podcast and we are about size and speed love you guys very much for sims peace out homie fendrick says good night we'll holler at you guys later <laughs>